This is John Scalzi. You are listening to Alpha Geek Radio. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. I don't like this place. Alive, it's alive, it's alive! Do not panic, ladies and gentlemen, the casuals have taken control of the airwaves. This is Casually Hardcore, live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. For Sunday, the 20th of October, my God, it's almost Halloween, mm-hmm. 2013, this is Hardcore. That's right. Because it's the three of us. Yep. I am Gnomewise. I am Daxa. And I'm Grail. And we are here to serenade your earballs. Well, well, at least Gnome's <laughs> here to serenade Sing your right, right. <laughs> Dance for me, monkey girl. No, I don't think so. And I believe, we're about to test drive this, we have... Finally found the button. <laughs> the one button. The magic button. <laughs> but not the magic button you're thinking of. You dirty-minded fiends. I love you all. Uh, the button that was causing the problem that made these not work. Silence! So you should have heard that one time and one time only. So IRC, let us know. Did we blow your ears off? Is it still repeating itself? Or are you, in fact, only hearing Daxa say... Penis. Actually, that was great. That was great. Yeah, that was Grail. Just me. <laughs> I cut you off too soon. Let me let this it's right. in its fullness. Penis. Oh, look at that! Make sure all of you can hear the glory that is. Penis. Oh, look at that! Without it repeating or doubling up or otherwise. Except for that one time where it repeated. The yeah, time. exactly. <laughs> Silence. See, now Just I can use the, I can use them properly. Yeah. Now. <laughs> we want to know if this is repeating, so I'm going to play it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I reject your reality and substitute my own. In the words of my generation, eat me. Awesome troubleshooting. You must be in IT. Why why do I raid with you people? Yeah. So, welcome to Casually Hardcore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday, October 20th, 2013, mm-hmm. and the rig is slowly being tamed. Uh, in addition to running the uh, regular audio stream, we are over on the uh, Alpha Geek Radio video wall, along with one, and I get to say his name early this week. Oh, look at that. Boba Fetish. The one and only Boba Fetish. Suggested we try out the uh, video wall by way of uh, torture testing our bandwidth. And uh, I got, I, by the way, I got the nasty gram from Cox Communication saying... Um, while we don't formally have bandwidth caps, <laughs> we do have a bandwidth suggestion right. for your level of 250 gigabytes. Uh-huh. We've used 267 so far this month. Just thought we'd let you know. Gotcha. Which you know they're just warming up for the day where they are going to institute sure, caps and say, we're charging you more or cutting you off. Right. Uh, because you have gone over the cap. You are sucking up. Because it costs money to make more bits. That's right. It totally does. They totally don't have fixed costs that are completely unaffected by how much I use or don't use. 
every bit they, that I use costs them more money. Well, doesn't it, though? They use shared pipes, though. They, they use a shared pipe that right. they purchase at the beginning of the month right. that doesn't change at all. They have a fixed expense. All the peering agreements at the really high level of the trunks, those are negotiated and, and don't change sure. for years. Sure. Well, but I mean, again, so since they're not using, I mean, to our knowledge, they're not using QoS. Right. You're still, you're, you're using up maybe more of the share of the pipe for other people that are trying. So it may cause degraded performance. Ah, that's always their argument. Yeah. It's never borne out by the statistics. Right. That I don't think it is, but nonetheless, that's going to be what they're. That's, that's they're going to be their BS argument yeah. to the FCC, which they own lock, stock, and barrel. But it's a good thing right. I'm not bitter. Right. <laughs> but anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, a beard has appeared on the, on the video. Wall. Oh, my a beard with a fez. Which actually gives me a, uh, a beautiful yeah, segue. I think you have the audio. Yeah, I know, I, 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 he didn't mute his microphone, so I have summarily muted him. Oh. Because who wants to hear what he has to say? Exactly. Anyway. Not yet. <laughs> Your time will come. Your time will come. Uh, but oh, there's since, someone else. Yes. Just popped up. Ah, uh, that would be uh, the one and only Pusar. Pusar from over the over the oceans and far away. Well, right cool. now all I can see is a big blurry dot from yeah, there. Yeah, she's just kind so of. there's she's just some sort of mutated pony. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speak not the p word. That's right. Uh, my daughter has been super pony, super od pony out on MLP FIM. Nice and just you lost me. My little pony, friendship is magic. Oh, okay. I didn't want to say the words because they burns us. They burn us. <laughs> <laughs> it's like calling the dark one by name. Uh. <laughs> we do not speak his name. You should never be afraid. Yep. You don't have a three-year-old daughter addicted to pony. Yeah, well, I had a two-year-old son addicted to freaking Teletubbies. Yeah. So that was pretty bad back then. I'm so sorry. Exactly. Teletubbies made a lot more sense, though, when you had to get up after like an hour of sleep yeah, and go did. down with them, and you're like, you're in this just haze, and you're like watching it, and you're I, just kind of like... I totally get this. I think I understand <laughs> that. <laughs> I think I, I see what's going on here. I know what, you, I know what you're you saying. You totally identify That purple that. one's so gay. Yeah. <laughs> Someone with a handbag. Yeah, handbag and a hat and... No, you're, not I, that I, there's I, anything wrong with a gay Teletubby. We are more, all more as, a, as a disciple of Poe. Just, oh, yeah, I remember that. Poe po was the child one right. amongst the genderless, uh, <laughs> ageless things. Morphic things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I Thankfully, on both children, managed to dodge That's that particular uh, bullet. And since we're you know, fixing things and doing things, and I. Well, I obviously have not fixed it so that the drop in is on the correct page. Oh, so you Whoops. have to look for the it. Drop the drop-in is here. Drop-in. I remember playing it previously, but uh, yeah, I, I, I fail. So we're in the tangent section because we're tangentizing, and the fez and the... I'll just give this to myself. Way to go, a-hole! Good job. I'm still working on it, guys. It's a really busy freaking week with multiple server flameouts uh, that interrupted the nice controlled server migration I thought I was going to be doing ah. this week. And just fall back on my mantra as contract IT guy, paid by the hour. Right. Paid by the hour. <laughs> Keeps me sane, and I found it. Tangents are kind of a big deal. They are indeed. And the tangent I was heading for because of the fez and the beard and all that was there this week. And now that I've actually uh, polluted the two of you with Doctor Who, they did release the first teaser trailer for the 50th anniversary special. Right. With the 
bullet time 3D rambling tour of all the previous doctors mm-hmm. and, and significant villains and uh, Matt Smith in full William Hartnell uh, vest and long coat mode at the mm-hmm. end uh, doing his dramatic come see the episode in November yeah he has a, has a doctor who gotcha but uh, it was it was a fun. Is is that going to be the end for Matt Smith? No, that, okay. this is an additional special, just a special separate from, normal, separate from the normal. So the, he's got another series. No, really. no, he has, just has the Christmas special. Yeah, oh, that's it. Yes. Oh, okay. he's wrapped filming. He is done. It's in the can. Oh, wow. editing it. So he right he has moved on to whatever he's moving on to. Okay. But uh, so yeah, they have the fiftieth anniversary special, which is its own thing, mm-hmm. with you know John Hurt as the mystery doctor. Right. Right. And. Then his Christmas special, and then at the yeah, end of the Christmas special, he will so regenerate into Peter Capaldi. Right. We'll have our little intro scene with the new yep. guy, and off we go. Yeah. And money. Which we will hate until he's almost leaving, and then we'll start liking him. Not unlike Matt Smith. Exactly. Actually, I like Peter. I mean, the stuff I've seen him in, I've liked his him doing other roles. Yeah. So I'm okay with this doctor so far. I was not Matt as... Matt Smith or Peter Capaldi? Peter Capaldi. No, no, he's, he's yeah. awesome in every Yeah, I'm okay with that. I mean, and... You know, I, I, it's it's not the same feeling that you have when you're like, oh my god, David Tennant's leaving. Yeah, this is gonna suck. Now it's like, okay, Matt Smith's leaving. He had some some really fun episodes, and then some ones where he kind of overacted it a little bit. I think <laughs> the, the writing was a lot more variable. In, yeah. in the Smith era, I think before when Russell T Davies was in charge, it was kind of samey. You had kind of the same season over and over again, and but. They kind of hit all the all the soft points that the doctor was good at, switching from from happy go lucky to melancholy, sure. and, you know, mid sentence and right, right, and saving the world and doing something that has to be done and being sad about it, and, right, and then <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and the new team and combining that with Matt Smith just doesn't do that as well. So he's either <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Down. I'm going to kill you all. Yeah, and there's no discernible transition between the two. <laughs> right, right. Well, I don't know. Tenet had such a good like sad face. Yeah, it was, yeah. you know. His well, sad I think though. Face. I mean, Tenet, and even I mean, just you only had a season of Eccleston, but still, I think they were like they carried the show, and the people there were with them, supporting him. With Matt Smith, it was the pawns that carried, I thought, a little bit more. Like yeah. They were kind of the rock that kept that show going, especially during their storyline, which I think why this last series... Um, that was with weird, Clara? Right? Yeah, with Clara, it hasn't been as good because she hasn't been that strong of a companion. Right. So... Clara. Clara. As Matt says. Clara. Clara. Whatever. Yeah, I think uh, the pawns... I mean, the... Uh, that kept me tuning in, right? Mm-hmm. Where probably otherwise wouldn't have watched a lot of Matt Smith. Where this is the first series that they really had good companions that were complete unto themselves, yeah, and weren't just mooning over the Doctor. I was watching some old uh, Martha Smith right. episodes. Yeah, yeah she, she was, was bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, ah, this was not cringeworthy. My only, I think the only time where I thought that her pining was funny was when uh, Tennant said something about like. I don't even remember what it was, but it was exactly about the fact that you're in love with something that doesn't even, yeah. you know, acknowledge your existence. And um, John Barrowman was there with as Captain Jack Harkness, yep. and he, and then she just looks at him, like at Tenet, and then <laughs> Captain goes, "You too, huh?" Yeah. <laughs> that was the yeah. only time I thought that her pining was funny because yep. it was so good. Yep. 
But, and Captain Jack in Hartner's. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, he was great. <laughs> and, he, and he doesn't hide the fact that, oh, I would do you in a heartbeat. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And everybody else. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah the, the, the fun bit from Journey's End where the clone is there and there's sort of two doctors. I can't tell you what I'm thinking oh, right now. Oh, it was three doctors. <laughs> right. It was even worse. That's true because, yeah, Donna was, Donna was temporarily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I didn't even think of that angle. That's even worse. Yeah, it was yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Donna would so be getting wishes at that exactly. point. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> But no, yes, and, please. And that's kind of true because even the even the river the river song stuff. Yeah, even the river song stuff. My favorite part of the whole river song, I guess her life mm-hmm. was when they met uh, at, that she had silence in the library and forced yes. dead. Yeah, and it wasn't even Smith; it was Tennant. Right, right. So that was like my favorite part of her whole story was her end, basically, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even with Smith. Nope, but they're not done with her yet. You guys no. have half a season yet to watch. Enough of that. So that, yes. yeah, there's there's a tangent for you. So <laughs> seek seek on the intertubes, uh, the YouTubes and things have, and mm-hmm. the BBC.co.uk and all that have the lovely teaser trailer for the get ready for the end of November and your super duper fiftieth anniversary dose of Tenant because he's Cause he's, he's in so it. in it. Yep. Um, and the mystery of the unnamed right Doctor Who's not. Who is not worthy of the name Doctor? Yeah. Dun dun dun. Yes. Well, yeah. I guess fun cliffhangers. I guess so. I mean, what? I thought there. I mean, I thought there wasn't much mystery. I thought this was just the aspect of himself that was the. We don't know what he, well, bad. I no. mean, that's the way it seemed to be explained. No, because the We've, whole point of the name is that that's who you are, right? So if you see helping people, I mean, that that was because this thing was helping people. That's the thing. He's the doctor, and we have the master. Right. That's always been kind of their dynamic. Was right. one's a healer, one's right. a controller, one is, one is a dominator, right. and. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> kind of, beard well, yeah. I guess you could be that kind of dominator. <laughs> <You> never know. <laughs> the, 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 the line of, you know, does he still wear the beard? So, well, I guess he's got a wife. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The So, yes, but the, I mean, they've already had the mechanism in Colin Baker's era where the bad guy during the entire season was the Valiard, who was then revealed to be the evil doctor from the future. Oh, okay. So, and they actually, in one of the episodes you haven't seen yet, they referenced, and he's kind of listing the various names that the Doctor has gone under. The Oncoming Storm, the Doctor, mm-hmm. the Valiard, all these are names that you have had. And so people are speculating, you know, is, is this, you know, the Valiard? Because the Valiard was supposed to be the amalgamation of all evil things about the Doctor from somewhere between his 11th and 12th regeneration. Oh. Back when they were still holding to the, you only get 12 regenerations. Gotcha. Which there have been... That went out the window. And <laughs> chucked right out the window. Yeah. Well, maybe when River Song saved him, she gave him all. <laughs> yeah, he said yeah, exactly yeah. that. She, right. she gave him all, all of her, her regeneration. Right, That's right. part to of it. To save him, yeah. Um, yeah, they've been building towards the various reasons why they're not going to run out at twelve. Yeah. yeah. And the master found master. There was a plot device in one of the episodes where the master had reached his twelfth regeneration, was desperately seeking a way to keep to going. continue to live, and right. he found a way to jump bodies. Oh, okay. Um, that's why they got the they got the the young new actor in there, and you know, right. ends the episode with a ah, new body at last. And he's got the whole beard thing. Yeah. Like, oh yes, the master of the And yeah, he's totally gay. But anyway, <laughs> no one dresses with with a ruff without being Ruffled. right, right. Yeah. Not, not if you're not in the Victorian era, then <laughs> yeah. But I digress. Um, so yes, find that it's coming soon to a television near you. Booyah, Doctor Who. Booyah. Cool. Nice. 
And to remind you, we are doing the video wall thing. Come to alphageekradio.com, click on the chat button at the top of the page, and choose video wall, and have your webcam ready. And we can wave to all of you far away, near, far, near, far. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just channeling my inner Grover. Yeah, that's what I thought. What? Common upbringing here, kids. Yes. It's a happy thing. So true. So, Grail, you're not dying uh, this week. Nope. Which we greatly uh, yep. are thankful for. Feel good. You're, well, you, you said you felt... I'm sore. Yeah. You, <laughs> you felt so good that you decided to go running. Yes. yes. And that's, um, yeah. You keep doing that. I'm going to con- confiscate your nerd card. I know. Yeah. Fitness thing mm-hmm. and willingly walking out under the scare ball. I know. And supposedly we're doing a 10K in two weeks, so... Are you really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> 10K is not that much memory. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's really. I bad. hope I don't remember it because it's probably going to hurt a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching Men in Black earlier. I was thinking, you just wish you had. Yeah, neuralized just, yeah, neuralize me. Yeah, yeah. race. <laughs> yeah, it would need to neuralize nerve endings. Yes, though, and that's the still, problem. I'm still, still, like, why the hell? Why am I so, so sore? This sucks. <laughs> yeah. Why do I want to die? Right. Right. Yep. Yep. Oh yes. my goodness. Be afraid. Oh. So we were, uh, I mentioned this a few shows ago, so a group of friends, we've decided, like, after PAX, we were going to finally finish Borderlands 2. Like, that was one of our missions. Awesome. So we've been set off, like, a day a week to really play some Borderlands 2. So we actually got through... Just the base game, not the DLC or anything? Yeah, like, we haven't even thought about DLCs. Like, we're a year behind on this, but we... Played it for a little bit, and then we stopped for whatever reason. Now we're just like, okay, we're going to push through. We're going to push through. So we played it for a while last night, and literally we got to the the villain in the game, of course, taunting you the whole time. It has some great lines. There's tons of great lines across the whole game, but literally we hit a line where we had to pause because it was so funny and so well <laughs> delivered. And so I was like, God, that line was so good. Let me search on the Internet. So I put in, like, handsome Jack quotes, and literally the first page I went to had the quote it's that, that I was thinking because it was so good. So and I can't even I can't do his voice that well, but I mean his whole personality is like Archer. I think that's why okay. I like oh, him so like much. Him. You would associate with that, but it's like you're in the uh, this animal preserve and you're trying to rescue uh, one of the Vault Hunters birds that from the first game. And so as you're going along, he goes. So people are dying left and right, and all of a sudden, this guy decides to run at me with a spoon. A spoon! <laughs> so I scrape his little stupid little eyeballs out with it, and his <laughs> kids are all there crying, like, wah, and he's running into stuff, and, <laughs> oh, man, I guess you had to be there. <laughs> Anyways, moral of the stories is you're a total bitch. <laughs> It's like just so well done. We're like, we're like, okay, hold up. We gotta stop a moment. We gotta stop and and acknowledge observe, that. Acknowledge yeah. this. A moment of laughter, perfect, recognition perfect. of the line. What was the? Uh, you were reading something the other day when we were um, we were talking about Grand Theft Auto. And you, oh and God! You yeah, you like <laughs> laughing like that. Yeah. This has some language in it, as I recall. Yes, it does. So <laughs> earmuffs, kids. Earmuffs, kids. But it was like I—I I, I don't have the exact quote. But this guy was posting. I was just reading some message boards, and this guy's like. Well, there's a feature in Grand Theft Auto Online. When you're robbing a store, one of the things you can do is yell in your mic and make the guy fill up a bag faster if you're robbing like a liquor store or whatever. Like actually store. yelling IRL. Yeah. Like yell, like yell. Oh! Yeah. 
through all this stuff. And so he actually goes, okay, I'm going, I'm going. So he's like, you know, I'm sitting there and I get this door, the doorbell rings. I'm like right in the middle of this robbery. So I go over and open the door and I like see this scared little boy scout who's looking to see if I'll buy any popcorn. He goes, and I think he goes, or he's like a chubby little boy scout who wants to know if I want to buy popcorn. He goes, you know, he may have been a little disturbed considering I had just been yelling, fill up the fucking bag, you fucking fat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> in case you're wondering, I like the kids are out of the yeah. house today. I feel this is the one moment I have to use that line without going beep beep. So, but yeah, it was you can get a little intense in that. <laughs> so you've already you planted the archer seed in my head. Bloody Mary, full of vodka. Blessed are you amongst cocktails. Right, right, right. Christ, right. sinners, now at the hour of my death, which I hope is soon. <laughs> Amen. Yes, yes. <laughs> I am a sinner in the hands of an angry God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Woodhouse. But anyway. Good time. <laughs> if you don't watch Gar Archer, you should. Yes, absolutely. And you're yeah. like 21 or older. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably yeah. Uh, 18, I think. You can yeah. Get Lana. Yeah. Lana. It's very... Uh, Lana! Yeah. Lana! What? Okay, <laughs> oh, Soon. Uh, inside joke is soon, in. but yeah, January new episodes. Not, not really that soon, soon. enough. Yeah, it's close. It's soon-ish. almost, almost freaking November. Yeah, yeah it's so soonish. It is nearly Ish. Halloween. I know. Holy it's crap, Batman! I was I was doing the intro this uh, October twentieth. <laughs> N- yeah. No. Mm-hmm. No. That's where we're at. I want my molecules back. No. <laughs> Can't happen. Nope. I'm leaving you on. Oh, you're going to kill everybody. Oh, boy. <laughs> Fine, oh. heathens. Fine. I'll just do it this way. Yeah, you can do it that way, too. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, love I, you. Bye-bye. I actually finished The Wolf Among Us. So oh, yeah. Where, uh, well, Grill, where Grill is. And, yeah, I'd have to agree that it's... It's definitely got the surprises sooner than The Walking Dead does. But yeah. it's still a really good storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really solid. Yeah, it's Like, true. one of those i got to dedicate, because I looked at, like, Steam will actually tell you how long you've played in a game, so I've played, like, exactly two hours. So that's how long it took me to get through the first go-through. So i got to go through it again, because I wanted to try some different stuff out. Yeah, I want to go through it again, because I apparently missed something. I thought I had gone through this one area yeah. completely, and I apparently missed something, because it's not on Chivo. my achievement. So i got to go Chivo. back and do it again. Got to get my Yeah, but... Yeah. But it's really, really good. I highly, highly recommend picking it up. If you have the mm-hmm. means, I highly recommend picking it up. It is yeah. quite It close. is a choice. So, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I actually saw War Games come up on one of the streaming services. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't hold up so well over time. No, what's, what's, what's interesting is the tech in it, other mm-hmm. than the self-aware right. AI, is spot on. Right. He... he Dials in with a real, genuine working computer that actually someone bought as a prop and made and yeah. restored to working order. Yeah, it's not with like the eight-inch floppies and the acoustic coupled micro uh, modem. Uh-huh. And so the the tech, unlike Hollywood modern right. tech, with but they always have like something on the screen like decrypt file now. I okay, know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
was actually spot on, and he actually you know he used a demon dialer to find mm-hmm. you know nodes that answered. Yeah, and so it's all it was accurate, accurate except the for point. the fact that it was fantastical with a AI. Right, but other than that, the you know the government would be so stupid as to have an open line, and sure. an unsecured backdoor, and all back these, then, all, yeah, all these. What do you mean back then? Well, back just well, ask, now, now our door is just people walking out of the government going, hey, I got all these secret documents. There's, there's <laughs> in my hand, yeah. the hard copies. Right. Come get them. Right. They cut the hard lines. Yeah, in, in the remake, Matthew Broderick would go to work for the government. Exactly. <laughs> and then be like, uh-oh. Edward Huden? Edward Huden. I'm going to Russia. Yeah. Doing the rambling tour of people who won't extradite me. Yeah. Oh boy! He's got like a one-year timer on uh, Russia, so he's uh, mm-hmm. like, we'll keep you for a year. Then hopefully he'll have something lined up by then, or yeah. things could get uncomfortable for Mister Snowden. Yeah, living in the Russian airport, <laughs> <laughs> they let him out of the airport. Oh, did finally. they finally? Yeah, no, they gave him uh, ten, some papers. You know, good, uh, good for a year, basically. Gotcha. Hmm. But it still means he's living in Russia, right? Right. Which uh, yeah. not much of an upgrade from an international airport, mm. if I'm given to understand. Depends where you're at, I'm sure. True. Yeah. Living in Russian slum. Yeah, exactly. Or Siberia. <laughs> we have a mine. We wish you to work. <laughs> the, uh, For your year. One of the Netflix suggestions that popped up was called Long Way Around, uh-huh. which was, um, oh God, who played young Obi-Wan in the prequels? Oh, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Um, him and a friend of his basically doing a, a motorcycle yeah. tour mm-hmm. from London to New York. Overland around the planet. Oh wow! Which includes driving across Siberia on touring bikes. Oh my god! Yeah, Yeah. and Mongolia was particularly holy crap. You don't take motorized vehicles here. Yeah, if if your vehicle doesn't have legs, you're screwed. Wow! The whole the 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 road of bones it was, which was the slave built road across Siberia, was was just brutal. Oh man! Wow! Um, So all that stuff you hear about Siberia. Probably an understatement yeah. based on like, oh, the, the savage, unrelenting nature you, you will, if you don't have everything you need to survive, you will be killed mm. and probably eaten by a bear. Eaten by a bear. You have been eaten by a Gru. Mm-hmm. You will likely be eaten West by a Gru. House. West of House. <laughs> <laughs> the things we remember on oh, yeah. Infocom. Uh-huh. Oh, man. So... I gotta say, I think this week was probably my least favorite episode so far of Agents of Shield. I was not too thrilled with it. This is I Spy, right? Yeah, it's the one with the girl that had the yeah, yeah the cybernetic. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Although I liked it better than the, than the last week one with the gravitonium and. The, oh yeah. Yeah, that was kind of silly too. <laughs> There's only been three episodes. I know. So far, two of them yeah. you think are silly. Well, I mean, <laughs> this three. one I think it was more just like some of the lines. Again, I was I think it was also because of our discussion last week. I was really paying attention mm. to the girls, the delivery, delivery yeah. of them, and you're like, ooh, ooh, cringe. Ah. You missed missed the beat there. So what we were thinking, we were talking about it after the episode, mm-hmm. Grail and I, and I was like, I think what what it's it's missing because he we watched Arrow right after right. that. So we watched the, uh, Arrow, and we were like, you know, Arrow's really... How many times did they show a six-pack? I don't think they once, showed it. I think. Was it once? At the beginning. Remember, because I was like, oh, he's not using that. Oh, that's right. He was working out on something yeah. else. That's yeah. right. Good point. Doesn't matter. Six-packs yeah. are good. Uh-huh. Anyway. Just saying. <laughs> it is the CW still. Yeah. For, yeah. I mean... No, absolutely. It is the CW. It is the CW, but, but we were commenting on how that group seems to have meshed a lot better um, They're little, also in their second season. Yeah, but no, a little faster. But they We're, got there faster. They got there faster than this yeah. one. And I was thinking because 
like even in Buffy, her first season wasn't the best season, no. but Buffy, it was only a half season too. It was, yeah, yeah. They didn't even have a full season to work with. But it was also like she was the you know she was like the prodigal child. Like Giles was like her her wannabe dad, right? And she was really wanting to. You know, they were really trying to mesh that That's right. that dynamic together. Yeah. That was, it about. made it interesting to watch. That's what made it interesting. Well, in the Avengers, where they have Coulson and then they have this the hacker girl, I think Shields. that's... Agents it, of S.H.I.E.L.D., you mean? I mean, sorry. In Agents of yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D., where they have Coulson and the little hacker girl, I think that, that they're trying to kind of get that dynamic. But in my opinion, the, the black girl that was with the cyber mm-hmm. eye in this last episode, she was more of that prodigal child than... Right. Than the hacker was, yeah. and and we met her and 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 said goodbye to her within the same within episode. the same episode, and she would have been a much and there was better more, fit. She felt there was more depth there than there yes. has been across four episodes with freaking frack. Well, yes, and my other the issue we talked about as well was the fact that with like Buffy, she had her whole her special thing was mm-hmm. very, was physical. Right. So you still had all the, the issues, mental, you know, there was nothing. She was a normal girl other than the fact she had super strength and could fight no, monsters. No, she wasn't just a normal girl. She was a dingbat. Right. Yeah, I mean, even, she, she even was, to she, that she, level. She was, she was a cheerleader. and yeah, She started yeah. out as an airheaded, right. blonde, stereotypical yeah. that this landed on. And then you have Giles who... Right. Has all the knowledge and but none of the ability to put it in. It in has to work. Context. Has to work through her. Right. Coulson hasn't had to work. Well, the, through the other Sky. problem is, is that but Sky's special thing is she's a really smart computer hacker that can't figure out a safety and a cartridge release right. on a gun. It's like now, I mean. I get the, oh, I've never seen a gun before. Right. But somebody that can figure out how to hack into a government probably can figure out the difference between two buttons on a right. gun. <laughs> yeah. So it's that, that making her being baddie right. when her special ability is being really smart doesn't, fit. doesn't work well. Well, and not only that, her special ability as a super hacker, I mean, what did she do on that last episode? <laughs> she went on Facebook and, and Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> so you're telling me that Fitzsimmons couldn't have done that themselves? Like, what is well, her I purpose? Well, the, the point of that scene was they have tunnel vision and they see the world as a biochemist and right. so, so they didn't they don't think they're not good at thinking of the, of the big picture or just thinking that it might be as simple as they go they go for the complex solution yeah. she's like it's right here right and I, internet. I, I get that but good I, I still think that you know shield i mean if that's her main skill is being able to search social networks i probably they have a few people that are already doing that i would think considering he makes the comment that god they're making it so easy now with all i mean who needs yeah. surveillance when we have this going on right which so, was a, 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 it was a, a good nice, comment yeah i like that one we don't even need to do the work anymore right yeah. right they just they stay self-serving no, i really think they're heading to a, a big reveal at some point yeah. that sky has an actual mutant superpower for yeah, maybe. computers, a la Kitty Pride. Yeah, and they, she keeps saying, I've always just been naturally good at it. Right, mm-hmm. and, they, they've, and yeah. they've gone out of their way right. to say that a couple of times. That, that might then explain it a little bit. It's just, but it's hard to swallow right now. I I just, I've gotten, I mean, Joss has trained me to watch out for stuff. So Coulson, yeah. who keeps saying it's a magical place, like magic was involved in your yes. resurrection. Right. Yeah. And her it's saying, oh, place. I've just always been good at it. It's like, you're a mutant, right. and you just don't realize <laughs> that you're telepathically melding with computers, and they're going to do stuff for you. Do stuff with that later. Um, but yeah, having her be clumsy doesn't mm-hmm. work for me. No. Mm-hmm. She can be not a high functioning physical sure. asset. And that's fine. She yeah. doesn't have to be a martial yeah. artist. You know, and having her doing the workout with, right. with Super Jaw Man. 
Um, <laughs> Super John Anderson. Totally awesome. works. Yeah, uh, having, having around the heavy bag yeah. and, and not really knowing how. And so that I totally get. Yes. Computer nerds, not big on physical products. Right, right, right. Knows the difference between a Two switch buttons. and a button. Yeah. Because they're the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Runs a switch. Like it's very, button. very different. So. People who have it actually have both with your thumb. But yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it's that break that they need, yeah, I think, to work on that, uh, work on that a yeah. little more. And and they could do with a little more give. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I, I so want this to click for me. I know. I, I know. Do. And it really, it has, I, I'm not tuning out. Like right. I tuned out of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. I'm like, oh, I'm sure. Whoa, I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The... Because I, what I was realizing, as I was thumbing through the TV section of Hulu Plus, I'm like... I am no longer the desirable demographic. Mm. Mm. I am not an 18 to 34 year old right. with disposable income. The people who create entertainment in this country no longer care about me because I'm looking at heartthrob crap after flesh romp crap after shallow characters being mean to each other crap and realizing none of this is targeted at me and... So I have to grasp onto things like Agents of Shield right. that are. Yep. Because it's a vanishingly small sliver of the pie anymore. And I'm really limited to the fact that I haven't been able to get into Walking Dead. Mm. I haven't really you know, gotten into I never got into Breaking Bad. And, and that's the kind of stuff that is targeted mm-hmm. at my yep. demographic. Mm-hmm. And maybe I just, I'm, I'm becoming less and less of a TV viewer. Um, which is weird because there, there's programs out there that I have tremendous reverence for and, and have and watched religiously. Mm-hmm. But it's also when I was part of that 1834 Democrat. Yeah. So maybe yeah. there's something to those studies that say, eh, you stop caring about this crap after age 40. It just, you get jaded or cynical about it or you've, or they've run out of variations or to show you. Yeah. And you've, you've seen, seen it. it and you, enough. Because I'm already, I'm looking at agency and so on. Here's, and I'm predicting. Here's where they're going with this. Yeah. Here's where they're going with that. Yeah. And I keep being right about that. I'm like, oh, Crap. Yep. Well, I, it's not that I'm particularly smart or anything. It's just I've seen it so many times yeah. before. Well, I, like, uh, it's funny. I was talking to, I think, my dad about this the other day because we were talking about different things we were watching. And I was like, you know, it really, because he's like, oh, are you watching anything on HBO right now? I'm like, no. He goes, you never got into Boardwalk Empire. I'm like, I gave it a season. Mm-hmm. And... I couldn't find a single character I gave a damn about. Oh. And now that's my new criteria. Like, there has to be somebody on the show. Doesn't mean they have to be a nice character. Mm-hmm. There has to be somebody I'm at least interested in. Like, I, there's something there that I really want to see what happens to them. If I don't have that, I, I'm out of a show really fast. That's now. what killed me on Game of Thrones is mm. who in there is likable? Not that Tyrion's likable. I mean, books or movie. Or show. The show. Okay, show. Oh. I think uh, Tyrion's Tyrion is likeable. entertaining. I think Snow is likable. I want him. I, I like me. You know it's... nothing. <laughs> John Snow. He's just such a dunce. Well, well that's his character. Okay. Right? I know. And yeah. it's not, to me, that's... He's, okay, he's not a smart man, but he's no. an honorable I'm man. I'm not a smart man. Yeah, nope. but he is honorable, yes. and he is trying the best for his family yeah. with a bad situation. So yeah. I feel like he's a likable character. I also feel like Arya, uh, Arya is, is, is a super likable character who's been thrown bad things. Um, yeah. The king's the, son. Yeah, I, I love Arya in the book. I, I want to. I yeah. she's a storyline. I want to see where she wins, ends up. I want to see where she ends mm-hmm. up. I want to see where Tyrion ends up. And that's about it in the book, anyway. Yeah, um, I like. I mean, I like Sansa. Snow. Drives me nuts that she should be shot with a crossbow Who? bolt. Sansa. 
Oh, oh yeah. Well, actually, it's better in the book. Yeah, to she, me, I thought I the, the second the half of the Storm of Swords. I just you get to the point where you're like, oh my god, I feel so bad for her. Yes. <laughs> like she's so naive and she gets just jacked over and over again. You're like, oh man, I, I, I just started feeling bad. Like the cringeworthy stuff with with Littlefinger and her and yeah. him like. Hey, it's like I got a second shot at your mom. Oh, hey, know, come here, yeah. kid. Ah! Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. I just started, I actually got more interested in her just because she's the one that, she was the punching bag for pretty much three books. Yeah. Uh, well, about two and a half because mm-hmm. it's once the, the you know, spoilers for, you know, the first book, once Eddard gets imprisoned and all mm-hmm. that starts going down, she gets, she's a rough go of it for five books, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so... So and, and she may and that if they take that Betray somewhere that enough, yeah. interesting well, that may take her to an interesting place yeah. where she turns into a Caitlin, right? Yeah. Well, right. Because she, she's she's hardened. so strong. I mean, yeah. she's been through so much. If you can live through all of that yeah. and come out normal, I just, I just wasn't or? seeing the change happening in her. Uh. She's walked from one naive experience yeah. into another. Like, yeah. Learn something for God's sake. Yeah, it, it takes These her people are not looking after your best interests. Right. Right. Yeah. But anyway, so. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, like I said, there's been enough shows that, that have grabbed me with that, yeah. but but that's definitely something now that I look for. Like, there has to be somebody in there. Like, I started watching Weeds on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is eight, seri- eight seasons long, half-hour show. I mean, it's funny, but even that one, like, I've through three seasons now, and that one, there's definitely characters I like, but it's like... Every half hour is a massive crisis, so I'm almost getting like, okay, I'm a little worn out. I need to take a break because I can only watch so many crisis after crisis after crisis. I need a nap. So. Which I think that's how some of like Joss's um, older episodes have done a really good job because right. there's always like a crisis and then there's like a fluffy episode. Yeah. You know, there's a couple yes. of fluffy episodes. I think somebody forgot. Hey, I can hear, I can hear Grail talking about weeds. Somebody forgot yeah. to eat like. Oh, uh, hello, hello to whoever joined us on the video wall. <laughs> right, right. So, um, yeah. So I think that that's yeah. I think that's what it got to me with Sons of Anarchy too. Is there was yeah. it was crisis after crisis after crisis, and I could, there's only so much bad stuff you can take. You do get a little a bit, a yeah. bit of fatigue. Yeah, and they were actually even because I've been still sticking with it, but it's getting to the point now where it's like. I, they all kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, like every person on this show. Tell is us kind of how you really feel. I don't know if I'm. I'm starting to not like like anybody, any of them. So it's, yeah. it's we'll see. Well, but. even our complaining uh, our complaining about the the blonde gorgeous IT girl in Arrow. This season has become a little bit. Better she's hilarious, though. Because, she, they give her great lines because she's got fabulous lines. Yeah. She was just unbelievable as the idea. She's unbelievable, but man, she's hot. She's <laughs> so good looking. It's the CW. But like, but oh now, my god! But now she's no longer the IT person. Right. So now he's the she's the executive admin to. Uh, yeah. Which I like because they make her the executive admin. She pitches a fit. She she's like, I went to MIT. I did not go there to get you coffee. I'm never getting you coffee. Like, and he's like, look, the whole thing is we do these nighttime activities, and I don't have to go. I don't want to go down 25 floors every time we need to talk about what's going on. So I'm moving you up here, and she just she know, loses it on him. Cow. Yeah. And then uh, Diggle is like, she's he's like. Oh, no, I believe he tells her, well, we all have to have secret identities. So right. That's why mm-hmm. you're up here. And Diggle's like, hey, yeah, at least you're not what? A black limo driver. Black limo driver. <laughs> <laughs> Which was Diggle. That's yeah, a good identity. Point. Right. <laughs> He's just got this look like, ugh. <laughs> yep. 
But so, embrace that cliche. Yep. So yeah, this second season, I think it's been really funny because they've the things that have there's minimal things that bother me about the show, yeah. but the things that have bothered me about the show, they've addressed in the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the they, best was when he's <laughs> like, he goes, he goes, you know, I'm Oliver Queen by day. He goes, you know, it gets really old when you keep referring to yourself in the third person. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yep, it's like way to call, to call that one on yep. the carpet. Hang a lantern on it. There yeah. you go. Exactly. So I think they've really done a really good job of of either they're listening to what kind of gets on people's nerves yeah. out there and addressing it, yeah. or they just have a really good. Which I mean, I, the CW overall, yeah, yeah. CW is like the anti Fox. I don't know if they put on the greatest sci fi shows, but man, when they put on a sci fi show, it just goes. Yeah, yeah. Like, forever. You're never going to get like one season. It's just going. So, but Supernatural does a really good job of poking fun of fun it. I mean, they have entire episodes dedicated to like the fan fiction yes. oh, and yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> they wrote, I love how they wrote that in. That yeah. was awesome. And, you know, <laughs> the time when they go to actually through some portal that yeah. takes them to <laughs> this world where it's just a TV show and they're on set with Misha who's like who's no like longer yeah Twitter yeah. Back. he's like oh man these guys are starting to really like me I gotta tweet that <laughs> <laughs> and they're like what the hell yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah it's good yeah, and they do when a show hits job. that point that it can start really just making fun of itself it's usually a, a good sign that's yes. one of my favorite episodes actually yeah. when they go back and he's All right. like crazy tweeter we are over time for our first break yep. oh. and you are listening to Casually Hardcore live on Alpha Geek Radio, brought to you by Doghouse Systems. Yes. The glory and the power that is the broadcast rig, now that it's starting to settle down and behave, as evidenced by... Smoking crack. The working drop-ins, and Grail peels the headset off his ears. Because it's, it's, it's the rig that's not behaving, and it's not weird. the user. No. <laughs> it's a matter of... The next thing I need to work out is why those sound so loud to us and quiet to the listeners. Ah. So, yes, they're blowing our ears off. See, I have this handy-dandy thing right here where it's a volume thing on my headphones. I just turned that down. Shush, woman. <laughs> I know where you live. Just saying. But anyway, uh, check them out on the web, doghousesystems.com. They make fantastic gaming PCs. That's all they do. Gaming rigs that are fine-tuned for the gaming experience. We just happen to have taken that massive power and directed towards <laughs> also doing audio and video, for which they're mm-hmm. incredibly well-suited. Because what do you do when you game? Hmm. Audio and video. Yeah. Go figure. But, <laughs> but I digress. We shall return right after I mute Boba's microphone. And right after this. Hi, this is Joel Watson from HijinksAndSue.com. You're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Godspeed, you fancy bastards.
Geeks in a Gaming World. Casually Hardcore continues live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. And it's Geeks in a Gaming World. Mm-hmm. For which there are many things to speak of. There's one that drew my attention on the spreadsheet this week because it's something I've always wondered what would happen if an MMO did this. Mm-hmm. So this is from Penny Arcade Report. From whom we seem to be getting more and more of our gaming news because they're doing a damn fine job. Yes, they are. Of summing up all the stuff we care about. Uh, EverQuest 2 introduces free level 85 characters. But can that spice up the stagnant MMO genre? And the author does a good job. He basically hadn't been playing EverQuest 2, but always kind of wanted to. Mm -hmm. But was turned off by the idea of grinding yet another MMO character... I, I don't want to kill another scalded rat. I just... I, I, and I've seen some great cartoons. The difference between level 0 and level 80 in an MMO. And they basically have a rat yeah. being beat upon by... And then they have an epic rat. <laughs> the same model. Yeah. Right. Slightly larger with kind of a glittery effect around right. it. <laughs> MMO at max level. Beating on a rat. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, that pretty much nails it. Yeah. Well... Yeah, and it's an interesting article because, yeah, he goes on to say basically he was going to... Give it three hours. Give it three hours and see if he could find something interesting with his level 85 character to do. uh, Skipping the hundreds of hours of level grinding and just going straight in and... He pretty much was able to beat on anything, so he he decided to go on on a flight, I believe, to see... Because he's always liked flying. Right. And he always liked the... The landscapes that MMOs provide. He said, so when I was creating my new character, the noble hero who would experience the lands of Norath on a quest to find anything interesting, I knew she had to be Dwarven. A few clicks on the randomizer later, and I had created Freedom Eagle, Dwarven Explorer. That's right. (laughs) That ain't right. Um, So Freedom Eagle and I set out into the great unknown and spawned deep in the frozen wastes on an Arctic island populated by seal people. Hoping to get my bearings, I got myself a quest from one of the SEAL NPCs who wanted me to find information on the whereabouts of an assassin. With no idea what he meant, or the, any firm idea of how to find out, I abandoned the SEAL's man's mission. He could do it himself. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and he basically hits on the point of you just just being dropped in rudderless. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm is like uh, knowing nothing about the world or the story. Like, where the hell do I even begin? Mm-hmm. Or how? Do, what are fun things to do? And perhaps you know that level grind is about teaching you. Here's the world, and I, I buy that for like Wow when it released mm-hmm. Vanilla Wow. Mm-hmm was pretty rich with story, and they had the benefit of descending from the RTS games, which were, which were overflowing with story, mm-hmm. and a lot of other... But you can argue that EverQuest totally has that as well, because they have a huge storyline they built in well, EverQuest. You know, I, I feel like they this is one of the big divergent paths, and this is something... Even the, the, the discussion in the comments after this was really good, and there's some people that bring out to me some of the best points when they're kind of criticizing the articles, saying... You know, there's a quote from one of the guys in there. So you're basically running ahead of the bus to beat it to its destination, and then you complain about the ride. Right. And mm-hmm. it's the whole thing that, and I, I, you know, the notes, I think, put it, it would either be Vanilla WoW or Burning Crusade. One of the two, I would take a pick, is where it became such a focus on Endgame. 
Like there was no more real interest in doing the stuff to get to end game anymore or doing the leveling. It was all very much driven there um, to the point where you've, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Jeez. <laughs> uh, anyways, so you had this huge focus on getting to the end game. When you had EverQuest, though, the first one, like, I don't know if I ever had a max level character. I might have yeah, we did. one point in I time, think I think we maybe got there or we... And then they raised the and then, yeah, right. it's like, yeah. I, I always felt like we always were chasing where the next expansion came out and they raised the cap, cap by a little bit. And it was such a long... I mean, again, you don't, all got eat you don't understand what grind is. Right. And there really wasn't, but I never felt like I was grinding in EverQuest. There was times where we probably did stuff that was, you know, we didn't know we were grinding. We were mm-hmm. basically like, well, this looks like a somewhat safe place we can get mobs to us. I remember kill killing people. 10 billion Drolvarg. Yeah, I mean, the wall and the Dreadlands was a whole a whole thing. Definitely, you spent your time there and you, you did, but I don't know. I mean, again, the whole, like, I didn't know what to do when the Seal Man offered me a quest. Well, that was the whole point of EverQuest. Like, people, you had to really dig to even find, find the quest. Them. Oh, my God. And once you, you found them, you had the key phrases. Yeah. You had there to was no people. giant exclamation point. Yep. <laughs> there was no map GPS that told you exactly where you needed to go, right. and that that was the game. It yeah. was a game about exploration. It was a game about trying to find stuff and figure out how to get, get through things, and that's why I always want to go back to it. I mean, that's interesting. WoW was always a game really focused on getting the end game. And what I was going to say about WoW is they did release that whole Sundering where they broke up the Barons and they tried to really redo a bunch of the low-level stuff and nobody cared. And what's interesting is Cataclysm <laughs> was really rich with leveling right. content. I mean, the story, the, all the... All the er- Every character yeah. from the books and everything was there. All the dragon aspects were active in your progression. Right. And but again, who, who, who when the Firelands open, why haven't we got the Firelands yet? Right, right. Like, and everybody was like, eh, you know, I don't really want to go back through because, again, at the whole game at the same time they were giving this to you was trying to make leveling faster. Right. So you had all this wealth of content that you were blowing through, and so you're like, well, I can finish the story and get no experience and do nothing here, or I can just keep leveling, so I'll go to the next zone. So you had these half-done stories because it's like, well, I'm leveling faster than the quests. Yep. So yeah. it was, it was, you know, two competing principles going against each other. Well, and one of the things he mentions in the articles too is, you know, he he goes in there and he there's nobody he can't find other people to play with. Right. He says there's a couple of people in chat, but there's not you don't know, um, you don't have people to play with. That's one of the things I feel like EQ did different than mm-hmm. WoW because. In EQ, you had to have other people's help. Hell like yeah. you had. There was no soloing. Somebody no. you Unless had you to were a to necromancer. This here to get him. <laughs> yeah, the yes, exactly. Freaking OP. It's not even that. Just to get quests. Yeah. Somebody had to know the phrase to tell this guard to right. give you that dang quest, yeah. and you didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And you talked to. There's a lot more players. interaction. Well, not only that, but there was for a long time. There was no easy. Just put my stuff up for sale. Exactly. It all oh involved God, yes. chatting and talking and doing the trade. And even doing, when they came up with their thing for selling stuff. It was so screwed up. Oh, it was yeah, crazy. So you still had to stay online you to sell. Stayed in I itself. You yeah, I mean the vendor. Like, oh god. But a lot of people thought thought that ruined a lot of the game, and I see why because it removed the interaction piece. Yeah, you yeah. no longer had to talk to tell, tell. I mean, that was a huge thing. Eastern Commons Tunnel was a big deal. You yeah. could spend hours just trying to sell or buy whatever you were looking for. Yeah, that was. And actually, I think some of my favorite experiences in EverQuest were when um, when Grail was, you know. At work, and I'm here trying to figure this new game out. He wants me to play. Uh-huh. So I've, we've leveled yeah. my shaman enough to where it's 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 decent, and it could probably 
it could probably group with other people, but I'm very weary about grouping because I'm, right. I don't want to be bad. Yeah. So I come across this one monk, and I forget his name, but he was like the monk I used to do it yeah. with all the time. Come across this one monk, and I'm like, look, you know, he's like, yeah, let's go do this. And I'm like, I really knew at this. I've never yeah. played with anyone other than my husband, so I don't want, you know, to hold you back. And he's like, no, monk, shaman combos, you won't hold me back. Just do this, do this, do this, and let's go. Yeah. And ever since then, we would, like, every time he was online, then we would go and we would play together. Right. But that's how you met people. Yeah. Like, people helped you out there. Yeah. When I was really low level, some guy came over and he goes, here, I'm going to give you this because when I was low level, this other shaman came and gave me this. It was a really good weapon. And I want what I want you to do is when you're high enough, I want you to come back and give this weapon to someone else. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. Awesome. I came back and handed it yeah. to someone who I thought was helpful to other people. It was a big community. Type yeah. Thing. I mean, there was much a community. And it was a lot more like, like WoW became really focused on you had to group with your guild or you had to use looking for group, which was really random. So you had two, only two methods. Where EverQuest, because so much of it was group-driven, like it was just expected. If you're in a zone, you're going to find a group, and you're going to find a group, and you're going to be sitting there because there was a lot of time sitting on your duff waiting for your mana, so you chat about whatever, the zone, the game, you know. Meditation. Life, whatever. And then you stand up, you throw up some some monster, and then you sit back down, and you do that. So, I mean, but it it definitely built a bigger community, all the things around it. And that was one of the big complaints everybody had was that I couldn't just log in and just do something. Like, I always had to find a group. I always, it was always a lengthy there was no such thing as a 20 minute EverQuest game yeah, <laughs> absolutely not there was well, that's three to four hours was a n- normal session and that's what I've run into again with WoW here where I've, I've you know pretty much letting, letting the month run mm-hmm. out and because there's nothing for me to do now that I've consumed the world content right all that's left is raid content of course and they've even added looking for raid yeah and which is basically and and the dumbed down version the dumbed down the, you know, yeah. the content is easier yeah. The, yeah. the fights are different and they've added flex rating mm-hmm. where you know if all twenty of your guys don't show up right you're fine you can log in with a dozen right right and and the the, the content will scale and that's my life I I just can't no yeah of course because that's a that by the time of day time yeah by the time of day that I could sit down without sure family interruption. And I, I'm exhausted and wouldn't just go to bed. Right. Yes. Whole. But I get, but, you know, speaking about raids, one of the other things that we did in EverQuest was there was no, you have to be max level to do a raid. Yeah. Right. Like I remember. They were open, they were open air monstrosities. Yeah. There was just, well, there was, yeah, everything was open air. There was no instances. So, you, but you still would go off and do things where you're like, all right, we're going to gather how many people we got online. All right, we're going to get like 15 people and we're going to go sit in Velios in the giant castle and try to pull try and to see, what, see what we can do. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, we had everything from level, like, I don't remember the level caps at the time, but it was like, you know, you have a level 58, you'd have a level 62, you'd have a level, you know, it didn't matter what levels people were. Everybody was still able to provide, you know, within reason, some levels of effect. You know, an enchanter, hell, are you 40? Great, come on. We need the clarity. So bring bring us the crack. We don't, you know, you can just sit there and suck up experience as far as we're concerned. And so for a shaman. Yeah. You have so, spirit of the wolf, hand it over. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that also helped it that you had, you didn't have to go, oh my God, I can't do a raid until I'm X level. And that really, I think, hit and wow. Now, the thing about Guild Wars and the way they approached it is 
you can go do any zone and you de-level to the level of the zone. Which yep. is another way of Which doing is it. a really cool. interesting, which I think, if anything, it helps a little more because when somebody new joins, you can say, okay, all you have to do, we, you just need to get up to the point where you're the minimum for the zone and then I can come help you out because... I'll just dump myself down. My guy gets de-leveled. Granted, I have more skills, but it's still my damage and everything is pretty comparable to, to what the level is. So we've been able to do like a dungeon run with uh, Ragok and... Um, Valdemar, Dale, <laughs> so, <laughs> and a couple other people, and we went and did a dungeon that was literally like a level 16 dungeon, and they both were level 80, I was level like 60, and we had a couple 40s with us, and we went and did the dungeon, and it was challenging, and it was tough to finish, and we got level appropriate rewards, and we got the experience, and it was really cool to do, and so there was no need to actually you know, try to make either buff people or give people access to a level max level character because all it does is go backwards. It goes forward, which too, I, I logged in for the Halloween content. Oh yeah, Halloween and you content, got leveled up and you got pushed oh, nice. up to eighty to do to do the special the, stuff, especially yeah. instance. Yeah. So I didn't realize I didn't realize until halfway through the fight. What? So I think that's eighty. He's going to annihilate me. Oh, I'm eighty two. When you look at the article, a lot of people are saying that for EverQuest, the reason they did this wasn't to entice new players. It was to basically allow players that have already grinded everything, gone through the leveling process. Mm-hmm. If they want to try a new character, don't force them to do all that again. Just here, you right. you know what you're doing. Play play this character. Yeah, I was I was wishing them would do exactly yeah. that. Of I get a tune to max level. Right. Let me roll other tunes that are either max level or Close five levels Close. down. Or, make, make me do the final five. Yeah. Or hit certain, like, I mean, the achievements. Like, you have to have gone to all the zones before we'll grant this to you. Right. Or something or along do, all, do all the five-man dungeons yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know, one more reason to do Chivos. Chivos. Exactly. <laughs> so it's a good article, uh, worth reading. It, it touches on the, the author... You know, takes a stand. And you're right. The, mm-hmm. the the real meat of it is in the comments. I which think is so. Totally the opposite of comments on the internet. Usually, I know. <laughs> I do not normally say go, go read, read some comments. comments on the internet. <laughs> Quite the contrary. I usually uh, respond more along the lines of you know. Ignore. <laughs> right. This um. one, for the moment anyway, at this at this moment in time, yeah. is fairly safe. Well, but you shall see. So, I mean, and it goes on to say, well, maybe EverQuest next will Address challenge some of these, some issues. Of these issues. Yeah. And we'll see. I hope so, because I'm yeah. really, really excited for EverQuest next. I think that's going to be, yeah. if they do it correctly, I think that'll be one that I'll play for a while, for sure. So, from uh, Kotaku, <laughs> politician out to scare parents instead makes a great pitch for GTA. <laughs> I love that. Literally, I had it included just for his quote, because yep. it was the best quote ever in terms of trying to deter people from GTA and yet they basically he basically if I had not played it I would have been like wow I really want to play that game now (laughs) it took place at a junior high school in the morning Uh, it doesn't sound like any kids were present still Jim Glasgow state attorneys for Will County Illinois ran a six minute highlight reel from Grand Theft Auto 5 and then gave the following sales pitch (laughs) you determine how you're going to kill the person in what fashion with what weapon and they give you all variety of weapons and if you want you can kill them with one weapon and then shoot them with the next weapon and then stab them with the next weapon and then set them on fire and do whatever you want that's all available to you <laughs> sign me up <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is when he's when he says to the bottom you can set people on fire in that thing hell i didn't even know that <laughs> <laughs> yep Always fishing for the sound bite. Um, fail. Yes. Well, then one of the things in here is he goes on. If you actually go into the his actual 
article because it has a yeah. link to it. He goes on to mention three times where there was three kids or three younger adults who committed certain atrocities and they were different, all different types of atrocities. And um, he said they all played violent g- video games. And I'm like, okay, well, GTA sold one billion copies. One billion dollars. Oh, well, one billion dollars. Well, so millions of copies. So millions and millions and millions of copies, right? Yeah. And out of millions and millions and millions of people, three of them mm-hmm. who played the violent video games. And I, and I would assert that they've got it backwards. These, it, they're not doing these things because they're playing violent video games. They're being allowed to play violent video games because they have bad parents. Yeah. Because... Children of that age should not be allowed to play an M-rated game. This is for people who are 17 years or older. And you talk to the developers, and they've said many times, we make games for adults. Mm-hmm. Rockstar in particular said, we don't yeah. make these for children. Why are you giving them to children? Yeah. So well, I can see not, that. The video game did not make you violent. Right. The violence was already there. Right. You, were, you were given a violent video game by a bad parent, and the bad yeah. parent also turned you into the person that does the well, atrocities. Well, and I think that um, depends, too, because yeah. Aridan has always played violent video games since he was way younger. And he has he terrible parents. Terrible. He has horrible yeah. parents. No, but He's I still mean, sane. Yeah, he's, he's still sane to this. I don't think he's killed anyone yeah, yet. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> or he's at least good. Well, he's really good yeah. at it, yeah. so we'll <laughs> find out. Yeah. We're so but, proud. <laughs> yeah. We never knew. But again, this comes back down to parenting. You have to know your own child. If you know yep. your child can't handle this type of game, you don't give yeah. him that type of game. Well, and, and looking at those type of numbers, it's like the same kid would be out, you know, torturing cats or doing something else if they didn't like, oh, well, this game makes it just, you know, they get their fix there. They would find a fix somewhere. I don't think, like you said, it's not the game that's making them violent. They're just looking for an outlet for the violence they already have, yep. and they happen to have a video game. But if it wasn't there, it'd probably be something else, and you would still have this kid that goes on to do a violent act. Correct. Yeah, well, cause, yeah, because if that was the case, if, if it was the video games, then all those, it, there would be have millions and millions of murderers, yeah. not just three. Yep. So I just think that that... Two we could link to video the, games. Right. Three, that, so, that so, could so the politician could have games. a soundbite. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So, I mean, come on, you've got to link a lot more people than just that in order to have well, a... Politics is not about truth I or know. fact. Well, still. It's about what plays well in Omaha. So anyways, I thought that 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 comment was really, really funny. And then the last thing I think was still I'm thinking there had to be at least one guy in the audience who was like, wait, I can kill someone, then shoot them, then stab them. Shut up and take my money. Yeah, That was a really great article. I thought it was really funny and really well put together, I think. Be afraid. The other thing, though, that was on our uh, research was the – Watchdog yeah. date was pushed, pushed back. Pushed. Bad, bad week for Ubisoft. Seriously, because uh, this lost, is a game I was looking forward to. Yeah, and this is a, one of the things they've didn't done a ton of advertising for as well. Yeah, they haven't been quiet about it. And, and showed a lot no, of it's bills. It's nowhere near ready. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, they've been showing it off at the trade conventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also ended up, you know, not as well advertised, but they have an open world racer called The Crew, which also they pushed back. And so they had to change their financial projections. Um, you know, and if anything, it dampers a little towards Sony because Ubisoft tends to do exclusives with Sony. 
but still, both Xbox One and PS4 had like the Watchdog edition of the that people yeah. pre-ordered, yes. and now you know Amazon's come out and said, no, 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 you'll still get your console, you'll get Watchdogs when it comes out. Yeah, the game will come later, but uh, it's still it was one of those like wow. And they basically said now they're going to have to completely shift it because they uh, Assassin's Creed Four is about to come out, so they have to shift all their marketing towards Just Assassin's Creed Four, four. Yeah. which means. You know, come February, they're going to have to try to re-engage the hype around uh, but, Watch Dogs. I mean, how many times have we praised Blizzard Activision for, oh, yeah. for this exact attitude? Because in the, in the announcement, they say, we struggled with whether we would delay the game. Yeah. But from the beginning, we've adopted an attitude that we will not compromise on quality. As we got closer to release, all the pieces of the puzzle were falling into place. Our last push before completion... It became clear to us that we needed to take extra time to polish and fine-tune every yeah. detail so we can deliver a truly memorable and exceptional experience. So I applaud them yeah. for yeah. d- taking the shotgun to the face that is the, yeah, it's not going to make no, the launch date, but it, it's going to be awesome when it comes out. And I don't, now it had better be awesome. Right. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> I'm not hammering for the decision. It's more just one of those like, ooh, wow, it sounds like your advertising oh, no. department it and your, yeah. your folks were, were yeah. not together on this. And it definitely was one of my, like, yes. that's a title. Now, the other thing they mentioned was they were going to do a simultaneous release on both the current generation and the next generation consoles. And so a lot of people are expecting them. They may ditch the current gen version and put all their and just put it because it. it was supposed to be a launch title now it's not so now you can pretty easily Kinda, get away yeah, with just saying I think they would be fools not to release because we depends where they're at with it we tend to look at the arrival of a new gen to be the death of the last gen and the yes. numbers do not bear that right, out right, right you see spikes in the sales of the previous gen because there's price cuts and a lot of pent up demand where people who couldn't drop four hundred on a console will drop two fifty. Exactly. Yeah. So the Xbox One and the PS four come still, out and the PS they still make the PS three and the Xbox three sixty for years. Yeah. I mean, how long do they make the PS two? Forever. Long time. Long time. Long time. Well into the life yeah. of the PS three. The sure. Xbox the original Xbox did drop off the face of the earth pretty quickly. Yeah. It did need it to. It had issues. Yeah. But the the general rule is the old gen because it has such a huge library. Yeah, people are, and nobody ever puts backward compatibility into that. Not their, anymore. Uh, Sony was the last one to really try. Yeah, it was the PS1 and 2, but. Well, the it, PS3, there were versions of it that yeah. had hardware compatibility back to the PS2, and it was a more expensive version. Oh, really? Yeah, well, yeah. That. No. No, there, there was a version that had huh. the processor and a lot of the, the dedicated chips that were unique to the PS2 in it. And you could pay extra for when they had hard compatibility. Yeah. And they made it for a while, and then they stopped making it because they, they felt you know, we, the, the little bit of demand that was here for this has been satisfied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now let's focus on just making the slim and making it cheaper. Yeah. So I would think they would be foolish to, to leave that money on the table because there would be plenty of people who would be who are not going to buy the new gen for years. That want this game. Have sure. the 360 or have the PS3 and... Will pony up the cash for yeah, it. absolutely. I mean, this game has had me intrigued since the beginning. It's yeah. just, it sounds, it doesn't, it's not like anything I think I've played.
played. It mm-hmm. sounds like a combination of a lot of really cool things I've played. Yeah. So I would love to see it come to fruition and see what it's all about. So now I have to wait a little longer for it. But and it's you know obviously Grail loves it because it's in Chicago. Yeah. So yeah, it's a nice. <laughs> yeah. It looks it looked great and and everybody that's you know done the demos of it and stuff said yeah this is really really well done. And Chicago. The other and interesting Chicago. thing though to me is did what? I mention Chicago? Yeah. <laughs> the ad campaign though was kind of throwing down the gauntlet at GTA. Yeah. So I wonder if Oops. they got a hold of that and went, oh, we need to polish a little yeah, more. Yeah, looking at what GTA actually GTA, turned out. Like, oh, they crap. put a lot of polish into it yeah. and a lot of little just touches everywhere to where I wonder if they went, okay, yeah, we're not. We have to up our game. We can't, we can't be telling people that it's time to come to Chicago and you've had two months in Los Santos if Los Santos is a much prettier place. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago's going to sue us for making a look yeah. like a hole. Yeah, so, exactly. So it's, a, it's an interesting story but you know hopefully they they do end up releasing a really quality game awesome in march all right this brings us to our next break okay and just do a little pluggity plug mcplugster for another show on the alpha geek radio network uh keep an eye on the front page coverville which you can find at coverville.com which is a show by brian ibbett who also does uh the morning stream four days a week on the network along with scott johnson the nerd morning show that if you're not listening to it, you ought to be. 7 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, Monday through Thursday, live on alphageekradio.com. Check it out. It is awesome. But Brian, for years, uh, has done Coverville and has got approaching 1,000 episodes, I think. Nice. And it's a, the cover music uh, podcast. Yeah. So weird and you know covers that are better than the original song and hmm. stuff you've never heard of before. Uh, Brian loves his music and is knows is has encyclopedic knowledge about it, so it's always an interesting listen as well as just listening to new and interesting takes on music you may already know. He is uh, reworking the format of his show and is getting ready to start uh, live streaming it on Alpha Geek Radio when he does his weekly recording. He's taking it down from two shows a week to one longer show. So as soon as he gives us the, uh, he's supposed to give us the firm date uh, within this week. So it's going to start either this week or next. And you should check out Coverville live on AlphaGeekRadio.com because it is made of wind and awesome. And Brian's a good guy. And we should all listen to him. There you go. We shall return right after little Paul and Storm. We'll be back right after this. Hello, I'm Randall Milholm from SomethingPositive.net, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio because you're overcompensating. Ten-fingered Johnny on the first day of July. He loved the season's grand displays of fireworks in the sky. Way hey, Tora Laura Lee. And so he drove across the state line to the fireworks stand. He came back with a string of firecrackers in his hand. He struck a match and lit them up, and everybody ran except for Johnny. Way hey, boom, and up she goes. Six-fingered Johnny on the 2nd of July And his need for large explosions still had not run dry We hate So he went walking down Main Street With two M80s he had found And set them off in the gazebo at the center of the town And when the fuse began to sputter No one stood around Except for Johnny. Way, hey, boom, and up she goes. 
Three-fingered Johnny on the third day of July. Jonesing for the ultimate in pyrotechnic highs. We hate He tied a brick of Johnny Rebs onto a model plane. And then he doused the whole shebang in 93 octane. It flew straight up and straight back down. But nobody was maimed. Except for Johnny. Way, hey, boom, and up she goes. 1.5 limb Johnny on the fourth day of July. Hopped to the construction site to give it one last try. Way, hey, tura, lura, Inside the foreman's trailer was a case of dynamite. Johnny held a zippo between his toes and set it burning bright. The foreman saw the sparks begin and everyone took flight. Except for Johnny. Way, hey, boom, and up she goes. They buried Johnny on the fifth day of July. And everyone in town showed up to say their last goodbye. Way, hey, Tura, Lura, And though they knew he was a moron, no one could dispute the depth of Johnny's dedication to his life's pursuit. And 67 Roman candles fired off in salute. To the 67 pieces left of Johnny. Way, hey, boom, and up she goes. Researched Chaos. Casually Hardcore continues live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. Sing it with me. No. Uh, fine. Okay, then. No, wise may have gotten the carbonated beverages during the... Uh, during the <laughs> yum, 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 yum. This is Research Chaos, brought to you by our all-volunteer research team, who hangs out on alphageekradio.com in the community section. Contributors this week to the title, the research threads title, Code Monkey Saves World Edition, which you'll find out more about in a moment. The Barry Von Awesome and Mac Bit, not to be confused with Mac Butt. Mm-hmm. And Boba Fetish. Did <laughs> but I still found a way to say his name. Oh, yes. Boba Fetish. <laughs> You've so, said it twice. Uh, just this time, yes. No, I mean in the show. Two separate occasions. Two separate occasions, yes. <laughs> Multiple times each. Multiple of times. Of course, each, yes. you can't eat just one. That's okay, then. That's way <laughs> too much information for me. Thank right. you. Uh, I don't know how you reach Papa all the way in Canada, uh, but whatever. (laughs) But I digress. Code Monkey Save World, the digital comic. Yes. Inspired by Jonathan Colton's Code Monkey song, Mm -hmm. is now available. It is. And is pretty much as awesome as predicted. Um, and here's the, the synopsis from comicsology.com. A put-upon coding monkey teams up with a seething, lovelorn supervillain, okay, to fight robots. 
Mm-hmm. Office worker zombies, and maybe even each other, as they struggle to impress the amazing women for whom they fruitlessly long. Based on songs of interest of internet superstar and magician, magician, musician Jonathan Colton. <laughs> well, maybe magician too, yeah. but definitely a musician. Definitely a musician. <laughs> he, he intruded on my reality earlier this week too, because he also he's uh, on a show on NPR um, called "Ask Me One More." Uh, he actually he does the musical bit for the little game show thing. Mm-hmm. They do yeah, and, cool. Like. What's Joko doing on my car radio? Yeah, I know, when right? I'm... So strange. <laughs> so weird. You don't belong here. You're... This isn't PAX. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Exactly. So he can only be at PAX. At PAX That's it. or You're on a boat. Allowed, or on a boat. You're not allowed <laughs> anywhere else. <laughs> I wish I saw him on a boat. Right. I'm on a boat. <laughs> but this actually came from a successful Kickstarter yeah. campaign. Yes. So it that is. was very cool. And, you know, they have a sample in the link. Uh, you can see a couple of the pages. Uh, look good. The art looked really good for it. Yeah, so. yeah, the art's awesome. And the story looks fun and yeah, and it's three bucks. Yeah, I mean, three bucks. Check it out if you like it. Continue. I mean, it works. Right. Precisely. Totally worth checking out, though. Yeah, I mm-hmm. believe so. Which is awesome because that proves that Kickstarter is the way to go. Kickstarter is the bomb. Because I can't tell you how happy I am with Shadowrun Returns, which we kickstarted. Yep. And now finally, which was another article that was on our on our research thread, is that Golem Arcana was funded. funded. Was fully funded yeah. ten hours before it expired. Yeah, it was pretty close <laughs> to the wire. I was watching it like every hour. But they got a huge bump. I mean, not quite the Colbert bump, but still a huge bump. Pretty from, big uh, bump from a lot of websites. Uh, Penny Arcade. A lot of places put them on the front page, saying, "Oh, by the way, this is actually something we really thought was cool. We just, you know, haven't gotten around to mentioning the fact that we really think it's cool." And so suddenly they got a lot more backers. Uh, they did a cool thing though, where you can still sign up on the Golem Arcana website as a second, you know, second chance backer, and basically get the same backer rewards and such. But any money that they collect from now until the end of the month, they're going to actually push towards stretch their stretch goals. goals, which their first stretch goal is the really the one I think I am most interested in, which is a remote play. So allowing two people with the same pieces to be able to connect via the inner tubes and play a game, so you don't have to be in the same physical location, which for us is a big deal since we have people that we play a lot of these games with living in florida which arizona to florida it's rough to do a commute to try to try to make that happen so and there's the stretch goals go from there and they're i mean they add like co-op play against a colossal figure and a few other things that are pretty sweet um so i hope and the the other big thing they're going to add is a menu for anybody that has backed it where you can do upgrades to your backing buy additional things at a kickstarter you know, type price. So. Yeah, I loved it. I I am so excited, yeah. and I really I'm willing to throw a little bit more money to get to that first stretch goal because yep. the people we do want to play with yeah. are the ones in Florida. Right. I mean, obviously we want to play with people here too. But yeah. and yes, like Barry says that yeah, Daxa was in like one second of the Kickstarter video yes. <laughs> <laughs> for a brief Heartbeat, moment yeah. <laughs> with actually the, the friend person I want to play in, with in, in Florida. Florida. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. so it worked out well. Yeah. It was pretty cool. But, yes, I'm so glad that I got funded. So if you guys are still interested in that and you still have a a second chance to help them get that first stretch goal, definitely go to their website and throw a little bit of cash their way. Mm -hmm. So there you go. So an interesting article from the research thread entitled Mm -hmm. Removing My Children from the Internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I read that. That was was a long article. It is a very long read, Uh but it's very well researched and thought out and, and... kind of shows this father's journey from 
enjoying sharing photos and videos and things of his kids to being kind of vehemently opposed to the whole idea of sacrificing your child's future anonymity before they get a vote. Mm-hmm. And which is a, a different and interesting way of thinking about it mm-hmm. is no, I'm, 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 you know, I'm sharing stuff with my family. I'm, I'm sharing their milestones. Yeah, but it, they're theirs. It's, this is not your life. Yeah, post your own photos all you want. Excuse me. Shouldn't drink carbonated beverages. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. Um, but don't take that choice away from your children. So there's a good, a good uh, paragraph that sums it up a bit here. Um, he's talking about a child named Kate. Obvious challenges for Kate's future self. It's hard enough to get through puberty. Why make hundreds of embarrassing, searchable photos freely available to her prospective homecoming dates? If Kate's mother writes about a negative parenting experience, could that affect her ability to get into a good college? We know that admissions counselors review Facebook profiles and a host of other websites and networks in order to make their decisions. So... You are making life harder for your child by oversharing their information and their images and videos on the network is kind of the overriding theme of this article. Right. And he makes a really good case that we probably need to back off on this show, this share happy people. And it's bad enough when people choose to do it for themselves, but his argument here is you're taking that choice away from your children by doing it before they get a vote. So it's a very interesting read. It may change the way you think about posting your children's uh, images and information about them in freely, and you forget just how freely searchable and accessible something like Facebook is. Like, oh well, I'm just sharing it with you know my friends list. Like, uh, probably not. Uh, Not unless you've checked your privacy settings. And even then, they're they're notoriously arcane and hard to understand and hard to navigate. And it's a moving target because Facebook. Changes regularly policy. changes policies and sure. adds new ones and the most recent one that has caused waves is basically th- there's no opt-out um, to having your you used to be able to opt-out completely of being searchable on Facebook you used to be able to say no I don't want my name and my even my you know highly redacted profile to show up right. at all and with the most recent revision they've taken that away it's like no you gotta be in the directory hmm we got to be able to, and, and that's from Facebook standpoint. No, we got to be able to show advertisers that right that we have. You're a person. Yeah. You're not allowed. You want to use our service? You can't stealth out of it. Right. We we need to be able to show the world list. Here's the the millions and billions of people who are on Facebook. Sure. And people are understandably upset. Well, you changed the rules midstream here. I used to be able to go stealth mode, and no one could find me. It's like, well, time to cancel your account then if you don't want it. Um, so it's it's a good read for anyone who's got a parent and, and who uh, is, <laughs> I think everybody has a parent. Everybody has a parent. <laughs> parent who has a child uh, of whom they are posting sure. videos yes. and information on the internet about. It makes you think. Well, I think I don't know if that that article changed my opinion at all. Mm-hmm. Just I said because, it might. yeah, just because I think the pictures that I that we do post of Aridin. It's not like they're embarrassing. It's like they're family photos. You know, it's like the three of us in Hollywood, in, uh, sorry, in Halloween costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which it's not like he's wearing a thong or anything. Not you know? everyone like, is as restrained as you are, yes, though. No, I right. agree. But again, <laughs> I think it, it hits then the same argument we just talked about about video games. It's like, isn't it more the parenting than it is whether or not you should be sharing? Because it's 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 not whether or not you should share photos. It's whether or not you should share specific photos. Right. I mean, actually, funny enough, my stepbrother just posted a photo. I'm like, oh, my God, I look terrible in this photo. Why Me would you too. post that? I know. So, <laughs> I mean, too. but I mean, I'm a... You know, I'm I'm of age where I can say what the hell. <laughs> so and, and there was a good counterpoint brought up in the article to the original like stop posting photos where they said, hey, look, it's this is something that you make choices for your children all the time. Right. So this is just one more thing you're making a choice just for. To them understand on. how important it is. But yeah, yeah, and I think that is probably there may not be the education level right. to understand because uh, you yeah, know a lot of people. What are, what are the real consequences? Right. How long can some of there? this stuff stay out there? And I think he makes a good point about the, uh, you know, if you have that along with photos, along with your mom writing a blog about stuff that you did as a child. And that's different. That's yes, like, that's uh, yeah, again, you're like, that's, you know, you have to figure out how much are you willing to share with people on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And not too only, damn much. And I feel like in the article, too, they, they did say that he was trying to figure out what his reasons were mm-hmm. for posting these pictures. And he came up with the fact that it is... It's pride. pride. He's proud of his right. children, mm-hmm. and that's why he was posting the photos. So it also depends, I guess, on the motivation of why you're posting photos of your children. Um, I think ours is kind this of... This will teach him. I think we're... I mean, in our case, we're, we don't post all that many photos. No, and really, all. you know, like the last time I actually really posted photos is when we went to Europe. Right. And that's because I had... Many, many people saying, you better post photos when <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we want pictures right. that we so, want proof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, again, I, I lean more a little towards convenience for me. Yes. Even then, that do, was do you always reason. do what you pressure. You better give me 10% of your gross income. No. But I mean, if you offer That's me, not convenient. if you offer me drugs, I'd do the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! So, so you got too much information on the internet. Exactly. There's some gentlemen in uniforms here who would like to speak with you. Redact that. Yeah, we have gentlemen in our friend circle that would love to hear that. Officer Friendly, yeah. Doctor Jellyfinger, Paige and Doctor Jellyfinger. Oh god! But anyway. So an article from uh, CNN.com, of all places. Mm-hmm. I know. Doing exactly the kind of alarmist and badly researched uh, of course. stuff that we're, we expect from Cable yeah. News Network. When Apple unveiled not one but two new iPhones last month, it was the dawning of a new strategy for the company, which for six years had championed its single iconic smartphone, even as competitors rolled out arrays of shapes, sizes, and features. But a month later, there have been questions about how effective the strategy has been, particularly in regards to the iPhone 5C. God, has it already been a month? Yeah. Yes. Seriously. Crap. Not a while. And so, a month ago, I was like, that thing is ugly. I'd rather yeah. pay triple times well, that. The, five, the 5C was basically the 5 all over again with a cheaper case, so a plastic yep. case mm-hmm. instead of uh, the uh, metal, metal which lightweight. Now, now, now available in, in color. In gold. Metal, in gold. Um, so black, silver, and gold. That's right. Uh, they slapped a like plastic brass. back cover on it and made it cheaper. And independent analysts estimate that the fancier 5S is outselling its candy-colored cousin by three to one, or in mm-hmm. some cases, even more. Okay, guys, back up the truck here. The 5C was never intended to be sold in the United States. It was right. offered here as a formality. Mm-hmm. We're making them. We'll offer them. A certain small percentage of the of the population here will want it for their kids. 
less expensive, arguably uh, more durable, or you care less about scratching the plastic than you would about scratching the metal. And the whole point is markets like Europe and China and, and just Asia in general, Apple hasn't had great penetration there with their really high-end expensive mm -hmm. phones because right. the, the market there is all about almost throwaway inexpensive smartphones, which is why Android has just been the dominant life form. Yeah. Because they make great, cheap, throwaway, easy-to-replace phones that you can burn through you know, one every six months. And this was Apple's first step in that direction of, let's see if we can get a cut of that action. Because there's a couple people in Asia, and their economies might be growing at alarming rates. And having We a, want some of that. Having a slice of that would probably be good for the old bottom yeah. line. So, yeah, it's not selling well in the U.S. and Europe because we're not the target market for it. Um, now, they do make um, reports, of, <laughs> reports from generally reliable sources in China <laughs> say Apple has cut production of the phone there less than a month after it went on sale. SeaTech, a uh, Chinese site that ran accurate photos of the 5C and 5S before they were released, quotes insiders who say daily production of the 5C has been cut in half. So... The article goes on to say that basically, yeah, it was a cheap iPhone, mm -hmm. and it was a cheap current-gen iPhone. Basically, it wasn't all that you know, far below the, five, the 5S, but it wasn't cheap enough because the kinds of phones in Asia that sell well are you know, 30 and 40 bucks. Right. This was still a $100 phone. Um, well, more in China, apparently. Yeah. So you know, the 5C starts at $99 with yeah. the mobile data plan, and... That's just, it's, yeah, for a genuine Apple product, that's really cheap. But that's not cheap compared to what it was trying to compete with. Right. Now, I mean, I agree with that, but at the same time, you know, you think, the only thing I can think is comparable is like the iPod. They came out with lower versions of it, right. the shuffle being, I think, the lowest you can get, mm -hmm. which is really a meant for a clip-on workout type, type device. Yep. You didn't see that much advertising about it. The 5C here, for a market that was an afterthought, sure got a lot of advertising you dollars. Mm -hmm. And they threw a lot of money at it in that realm. And, you know, I hate to always pin back stuff back on Jobs, but at the same time, would this have happened if he was still running the company? Because Apple's whole thing, at least since the iPod and over the last however many years it's been, has been a very, only, almost Sony in their, in their outlook of, we are offering you the best, mm -hmm. and that's what we offer you. We, Sony, for who their their slogan for a long time was simply, "It's a Sony." It's a Sony, right? And that's I think what Apple was shooting for, maybe not in the same words. And they've they've always like you know you know you watch the the keynotes, and it was always about oh this is the best, this is the style, this is this is what you'd want. And now suddenly they're going with a, a you know definitely, and they maybe they're saying hey we need to penetrate the more of the market or get revenue from other sources that we haven't really had much success for in the beginning. But it sure feels like a flop to me, at least looking at it from America's point of it, view. It may be too late to the party because your mm -hmm. comparison to the iPod, I think, is spot on. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you go look at the iPod and line it's a of range. products. Yeah. You go from the iPod Touch yep. all the way down. So you go the, the Touch, 
to the Nano. Yeah, I think the regular iPod is that still exists or is it just a touch? I don't think the classic is. Okay. In, I think the classic was finally jettisoned. Just jettisoned. Okay. So we've got the touch, the, the various yeah. versions of the touch, right? Various versions and of the Nano. Nano, and then the Shuffle. The Shuffle. Yeah. And they serve different masters. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they have they're they're all solid state now, so there's right. no, no more mechanical hard drives. But you have the the gorgeous huge touch screen, the Smaller touchscreen now because even mm-hmm. the Nano has the touchscreen. It's all touchscreen now, yep. And then the no screen of the Shuffle. Yeah. Um, and that that wasn't really mirrored in the iPhone line. It was basically you had the iPhone. Yeah. Had, they, they would have the iPhone and the previous gen iPhone for sale usually. So you'd have the four and the four sure. S available. Sure. And I, this time they had and five threes are around there, but yeah. you can yeah. yeah. So but the Shuffle has the the screen too. No. The, the shuffle button? does not. No. That's the nano. Oh, that's there, the nano. Was, there, there was a generation of nano that was about the size of the shuffle. Oh, that's what a touch I have. Screen. Okay, maybe that's yeah. what it is. The nano is now back up to being rectangular. Like is a it stick. really? Yep. They made it rectangular again? Yep, but it's yeah. not as, but it's all screen now. Oh, okay. Genesis has one. Oh, that's okay. cool. Um, so there was, there was a touch wheel version where you would kind of right. sideways, right. and that one actually had a camera. Oh, cool. That was two generations ago. Then they went to the square one, which is my personal thing. Yeah, the little tiny yeah. square and one. And now they've gone oh, back okay. up to one that's about yay big. That's all touch screen. Oh, okay. interesting. Yeah, yeah, I like my little square one. Uh, this one, uh, this, the, it's, it's the lower capacity, right. super small, light, incredibly portable, but it, it does video as well. Oh, cool. Um, so... This is, I think, their attempt to make the iPhone line more like that. Sure. So you have the f- the 5S, the 5, and the 5C. You have three product categories. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, the iPods have three product categories, going from super deluxe down to basic. Right. So they may be trying to replicate their success of, of filling every niche of the iPod by filling every niche with the iPhone. And either expectations were set way too high because mm-hmm. they're, they're coming at this late in the party mm-hmm. where you know, if they had rolled out the iPhone like this on day one, where when the first iPhone shipped, you have, here's the iPhone and the iPhone LT. And it's basically the iPhone with the full touch screen. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't, I don't you know, because smartphones didn't exist as smartphones when the iPhone first came out. Sure. So, but they really, they waited until really late in the thing's life cycle to finally do this, it might just be too late for them to make that change. Or the gains they're going to get with this rollout are going to be modest because the people who would have bought cheap iPhones already have Android phones. Right. And maybe they won't do that until their next replacement cycle. So they, Apple might be saying, here, these will be here now. And everyone who's stuck in a two-year contract is now saying, fantastic, you know, in, in 13 months when my contract is up, I'm getting a 5C because hmm. I can afford one, but I can't buy it on rollout day because right. I'm locked into a contract. Right, mm-hmm. right. That's another thing that affects the sales of these things is you can't just, you can just walk in and buy them, but you're going to pay a premium. That's sure. a lot more expensive, absolutely. Yeah. doesn't have to be. I, mean, I, I bought my Nexus One from Google for 350 because I got the super duper 32 gig version, mm-hmm. but you get it for 300, which is more expensive than the free or $99, right? Mm-hmm. but I was not willing to sell my soul, and I now have the freedom of month to month, and that was worth money to me. Right. So it's it's weird. I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time calling it a failure because I look at it and say, ah, they're finally filling that gap yeah. in their product line because I always thought they were leaving money on the table. It's like, no, you, you can make an inexpensive, and I don't want to use the word cheap because that's anathema to Apple, but you can make a less expensive 
as they proved with the iPad Mini. It's smaller, less expensive. The performance is nowhere near the same as the full iPad. The, mm-hmm. you know, the processor is two generations behind. Sure. It's not a retina display, though now it is. Um, that was the other product announcement around the same right. time. Was now, right. they, now they do have a retina display and a faster processor on the Mini because they realize, hey, people really, really freaking love the Mini. Yeah. Um, so I, it just seemed like, okay, they retooled the iPad line to have a full and less expensive, and now they're retooling the iPhone line. Eh, well, sure, why not? People are just expecting, oh, they're going to rule the world immediately and have tons of money. Like, mm, no. But yeah. if, they're, if they're scaling back Maybe production, just, then they, I think they believe their own press too much. Then. Right, right. Well, I think in general also, it's just the way they presented it. Like the yeah. Mini was presented as something that's like, here's an affordable option. This right. color was never really presented. This was like, oh, it's a new big thing. It's got colors on the back and blah, blah, blah. They never really made it an effort in their advertising to say, hey, this is our, you know, look at the price it's starting at. That, mm-hmm. that At least if it's there, it's not something that really ever jumped out to me. The whole thing right. was dazzling you with the colors. five other ugly colors for their cases. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. yeah, they were so ugly. I love gold. Uh, well, gold right. is and gold. and the gold is brassy too. It's not even a mm-hmm. good gold. There is no good gold. There's good gold. No, hmm. no. I'm I'm gonna have to call you out on this one and say. Are you smoking crack? No. Oh, do, you have a, do you have a gold kit on your car? No. Because that's what that is. It's gold trim for your iPhone. No, it's got rims. I have gold earrings and yes. I have gold rings, so that's jewelry. Your yeah. phone is not jewelry, which is which is kidding out for my body. <laughs> so I mean, it's the same thing. No, Basically. spinners in your ear. Exactly. Spinners. Yeah. It's got the spinners. spinners. <laughs> um, no, so I mean, I think it's the ba- same thing. It's just yeah. it's a fashion decision decision, but I don't think it's a good color. Not color. everyone has good fashion sense, then. Well, no, obviously. Look at the five C. <laughs> 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 Duh. Tell us how you really Dang. feel. <laughs> all right. We're going to, since we've had weird timing on all of our segments here, we're going to do a quick break, and then we'll have you guys call in and tell us how we're wrong. So warm up your copies of Skype. Point them at the GnomeWise account, which should be up and alive. Little Jonathan Colton for you, and we'll be right back after this. If I can find my mouse pointer. Oh, yeah. There it is. I do work in IT. <laughs> Hey, Scott Johnson here from Frog Pants at frogpants.com, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Pathological monsters cry the terrified mathematician. Every one of them was splinter in my Space in the coke curve. I fear the cantartery set. The Sapinski gasket makes me wanna cry. And a million miles away, a butterfly flapped its wings on a cold November day. A man named Benoit Mandelbrot was born. Mathematics and his unique geometrical insights left him well equipped to face those demons down. He saw that infinite complexity could be described by simple rules. He used a giant brain and he turned 
chest on fire, a jingle pterodactyl. You're a heart-shaped box of springs and wire in one badass fucking fractal. And you're just in time to save the day, sweeping all our fears away. You can change the world in a tiny way. Man who rots in heaven. At least he will be when he's dead Right now he's still alive And teaching math at Yale Gave us order out of chaos Gave us hope where there was none His geometry succeeds where others fail If you ever lose your way Butterfly will flap its wings From a million miles away continues and goes forth to victory. And this is Nerds with Opinions, where we ask you to call us and speak your minds. Not surprisingly, first in line, though he was quickly followed by others, <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll let the bearded one speak first. The Barry Von Awesome joins us via the miracle of Skype, who is messing yeah, with the, their rig. The miracle of the evil Skype that changes your settings yeah, in the background without telling you. It was ignoring my will. Bow to my will, I have spoken. <laughs> you must obey the hypnoscape. Mm, do as I say. So what have we done uh, wrong this week? Oh, well, I've had an interesting week. I, um, you guys were talking earlier about uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a lot, and you kept saying it was the third episode. There's actually been four episodes. Yeah, we can't count. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I liked this week's episode with the weird spy in the eyeball camera thingy. It was weird, but it was, it was cool. I liked it, too. I actually thought it was really neat. And my favorite part was when they asked the agent to seduce the other guy. That yeah. was pretty good. He was like, yeah. help! <laughs> seduce him. Like, have a bromance with him. <laughs> <laughs> no um, I shared it with you guys uh, during the break, but I'll put it in the chat and the show notes now. But my this meme popped up somewhere. I, I saw it on my Instagram feed. 
uh, it's uh, a possible Agents of Shield slash Firefly crossover. Yeah, which I thought was pretty funny. I'll give you the uh, the description version was the scene where Mal is talking to Shepard Book. Said it's of interest to me how much how a Shepard comes to know so much about crime. And then the next panel is Ron Glass in his character uh, in Agents of Shield simply saying, "Welcome to level seven. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know before because you weren't at level seven. Right. Exactly. You don't need to know. Now the other the other fun one I saw was basically. A hey, did you see the new Firefly show that's on the air? And it's basically a cutaway of cast member for cast member <laughs> matching of, of character type to character type between Agency of right. Shield and with the direct overlap of Ron Glass. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. awesome. And they, they even fly around on a ship the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, you've got a you've got a bunch of TV shows that you've put together that have an amazing cast, and a lot of them have been canceled way before their time. So you've got some people to pull from, I think. Oh, no, I mean, Josh Whedon works with his crew oh, regularly. He, he has a, the, a pool of people that he pulls from, and great. They're people he works with, and they do a good job. Fantastic. But, yeah, you do see a certain amount of repetition. Mm-hmm. And you look at Dollhouse and Alan Tudyk turns exactly. up. And does an freaking awesome job, <laughs> by the way, as Alpha. But, yeah. Um, I remember he doesn't. He did an amazing job, completely different to his other character. Sure. Oh God! Oh my God! So different and yeah. so good. He was really and psycho. He, he was sinister. Yeah, exactly. I was actually surprised the other day. I was watching uh, Wreck It Ralph with the kids, and oh, hadn't yeah. realized that he voices King Candy. Like, yeah, that was freaking Alan. T- and now I can I can hear it. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing a voice like this, you gotta right. hide who you really are. Yeah, I'm yeah. King Candy. <laughs> You're not going to necessarily recognize that one out. his yeah. dulcet tones. Right, right. Could you pick him out of the lineup? Could you, you spot him in a parade? I don't think so. All right. Oh, bearded uh, one. Yes. The other thing I wanted to share was um, now that you guys have played The Wolf Among Us, uh, are you going to go back and read the comics and possibly... Oh, my gosh. I'm getting echo. Mm, shouldn't anymore. Hello? If you are, it's on your end. I'm still hearing me ever since you added that next person to the call. But um, FablesCon took place last year in March in my hometown here in Rochester because the creator of Fables is from here oh, and lives wow. here. That's cool. And it was really small and low-key last year, and I'm wondering if all of these Wolves Among Us fans are going to show up now <laughs> at FablesCon. Maybe. Show <laughs> up, yeah. I mean, it's a, if it continues this way for the next four, you know, what is it, four more episodes? I think so, yeah. I think, um, then I don't see why not, because it's an amazing game so far. So, you should go back and read the comics. It's the better version of Once Upon a Time. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is. And it predates it <laughs> by several years. Yeah, I was freaked out. I was watching some of the bonus material um, from Tron Legacy and hadn't realized and hadn't put together that the writing team for Tron Legacy is the writing team and the creators once upon a time. It's Ooh. Edward Kitsis and the other guy from Lost. Um, huh. So looking like, that's the same two skinny and chubby nerd from... Oh. <laughs> so many things are explained. All right, so the other person who called in who is not Boba because Boba came in just a moment ago. So who else do we have on the call? You're on the air. What's up? This is True. Hey, True. How you doing? Hi. Pretty good. What have we, what have we said to, to annoy you and or intrigue you this week? Well, talking about cell phones and cell phone prices. Ah, uh, yes. Unlike a lot of electronics, there is a whole heck of a lot of margin, almost 100% margin, 
on cell phones. And you can see that when you get, like, for example, Google's with the price leak this week of the Nexus 5 being 349 when it's got comparable stats to an S4 and HTC One, which are $600 phones. Yep. Because mm. Google just takes paper-thin margins on it and therefore ups their, ups their uh, for which we developer thank them. community. We thank them for that. And what is it? The uh, Moto X, which sells for $600, except for at Republic Wireless, who's selling their little version for $300 with no contract, which basically tells me they're taking no margins. They just want a whole lot of customers. Yep. Yep. It's one of the few electronics where there's money to be made, and that's why I think there's so much resistance on the part of the carriers to change the system to to really show their hand and say, "Uh, we've been making bank off you guys, just been slowly spreading it out across two years. And you could pay a lot less for your phones if only you paid a little closer attention, which is why I am the right. proud owner of a Nexus 4. And I, it's like, uh, and I will be going Nexus from here on in myself because I'm, t- after the bloatware hell, that is my S4. Ah, bloatware. Uh, yes, pure Android is a wonderful experience. I can recommend it. Uh, unfortunately, uncut. when I had to buy it, it was between that and an S4, and the Nexus 4, and the Nexus 4 was, was getting long in the tooth, and we had no idea when the Nexus 5 was going to come out at the time. So You, you made them release it then by buying yours. Yeah, unfortunately, a sick buying a new phone after six months is not quite justifiable. Like, that, like, <laughs> like I can make it rain, I just have to go get my car washed. I'm going to end the drought. Just send, hand down the cobblestone auto spa. All right. Hey, it's raining. Check it out. <laughs> what? But, I have uh, power. Power. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more disruption because, ob- I mean, if you look at all these teardowns, they say, oh, the iPhone only costs 100 and some dollars to make. Well, yeah, because Apple's got 100% profit, and then AT&T's got, TT's got 100% profit. That's why it goes from being $150 worth of parts to being a $600 iPhone. Yeah, and Apple's been smart because over the years, they have slowly purchased every step of the production almost. Mm-hmm. So they build their own integrated circuits now, so they're not buying from any third parties anymore. And the assembly facilities, while not owned by Apple, might as well be um, in some cases. Um, so they, they own many more steps in the production chain than a lot of their competitors right. do. So they can control costs in ways that a lot of people have problems with. As far as, hey, child labor, um, terrible working conditions, and you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, whole, the entire argument of why are things made overseas? Well, because they treat their employees like dirt. Crap. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The, but, yeah, the, you're seeing some of the, the shakeup in T-Mobile basically saying, no more contracts from us. Come on in. We will let you buy the phone. If you, we're, and we're going to be honest with you. We're going to say, if you want to finance the phone through us, great. We will let you finance the phone over two years. But let's call a spade a spade. Right. You're financing right. the phone. We're not giving you a price break for signing nope. up for two years. Mm-hmm. We're financing the phone as one part of our relationship. Mm-hmm. And giving you month-to-month service as another part of our relationship. And these two things are not connected. Right. Once and that's why, I with, that's why I moved to T-Mobile when I, jumped out, when I got rid of my iPhone. I've never looked back. And we're now a happy two T-Mobile family paying $70 less a month than we used to. Wow. And at least in the Phoenix metro area, coverage is completely acceptable. So Good. Can't argue. Then they just they just went and re- they're not going to have roaming charges for international now. Right. That was so. another shot across the yeah. bow of hey, let's take some of the artificial inflation out of this because yeah. there's no technological reason why this needs to happen anymore. Right. Right. But now on that one, T-Mobile has a little bit of an advantage because they already have they have EU carry they have a carrier in a lot of those areas. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the new EU regs said basically that between their European, their German, and their 
they're I mean they're, they're German and they're UK and stuff. They had to do all these new roaming rules, which basically are very similar to what they're doing here. Yep. Thank so, you, Deutsche since, Telekom. well, they kind of technically are already on the network over there. So, unless AT and T or Verizon wants to go buy a chunk into the network over there, they're not going to be able to match that. Yep. So, they're, they're so the rumor is Verizon is supposedly looking at buying one of the UK carriers at the moment. So we'll see if that happens. Hmm. Orange or O2 or one of those big guys. Yeah. Lovely. I forget. I was just reading that. And I was saying like, oh yeah, I lo- the EU regulators are going to love that one. <laughs> they're always six steps behind the technology because. Technology. Oh no! The EU regulators are obnoxious about going after American tech com- going after American tech companies for questionable trade practices. They're not obnoxious. They're good at their job, and the American <laughs> companies couldn't care less. I mean, Microsoft basically pays annual fines in the EU just as a cost of doing business. Yep. I mean, it's like fine, fine us, great. Here's the money, and we're not going to change a damn thing about what we're doing. Here's enjoy your fine. <laughs> okay then. All right. And the most recent person to join the call, whose name I love to say, Boba Fetish. How are you today? I'm good. How about you guys? You're still kicking. Wow, you're coming through nice and loud and clear. That's perfect. Yeah, well, hey, new laptop does all sorts of wonders on both ends. Awesome. <laughs> nice. And how is your world? What you got going on? What have we inspired you to speak of this week? Um, just It was something I meant to post for the research thread that I had saw on Friday, but due to stupid work schedule i never had time to but it ties back into your avengers thread in a way and i just put the link in the chat tadpole um (laughs) you're revealing your frog pants there tadpole (laughs) i know (laughs) they they are planning to do a darth vader tv show for the fall of next year oh wow yeah i read about that too it's like uh, it's gonna be some kind of like one-off special or something uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I think they were planning on, like, the old style, like, due to th- three or four episodes a year type of thing. This week saw the brand licensed show hit London's Olympia like a ton of trademarked bricks. As you expect, there were little bits of Star Wars to be had for those paying close attention. Here's a scan of one page from a brochure apparently given out to the attendees. You'll see from the watermarks, this was now by the good burgers of Jedi News. And so they refer to Star Wars Rebels, mm-hmm. and then they have notation in Spring Summer 2014 Darth Vader themed TV specials. Yeah, hmm. and then from there we just uh, extrapolate and uh, make stuff up and go exactly. <laughs> yep, but I figured it was along the lines of your whole Avengers thing. It's like if they do this on this short of a time frame. It's going to end up as an Avenger-style thing. Yep. Where it's going to be cheesy for, like, who knows how long to start out with and then hopefully get good. Hope so. Because, I, I mean, Darth Vader, during his Darth Vader years, right. we've seen very little of. Basically, we've seen the beginning of his story and the end of his story. Yeah. We've seen him. We've seen him, his downfall into, no, evil. <laughs> no. <And, laughs> And we've seen him after he's done horrible things, destroyed all the Jedi, built the Empire right. with his with his boss, and then we've seen basically from the beginning of his end to his end and ultimate last second redemption. Yeah. No, and, <laughs> and and technically they have a whole width of storyline to go there because that between episode three and episode four right. is actually a 26-year time period. Right. It, was, it wasn't, you know, the Empire was not built overnight. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of space there. Ha-ha, so Wait, Luke was 26 yeah. in Luke New Hope? Luke wasn't 26 in New Hope. 
Uh, no, um, he should have been 26, but I think he came in at 23 by the time they did the final draft. So hmm. even if you look like at it, 14. it's a 23 year minimum. Well, time so span. Mark Hamill was a, a little biatch, but anyway, um, <laughs> what? He was a bratty well, little Carrie kid. Fisher he was a bratty little kid. No, they were. They, I mean, they were. They were actually in their twenties, but they were baby faced. Well, according kids. to Yahoo Answers, right. Luke, according to the timeline in recent Star Wars novels, Episode Three, which shows Luke's birth, took place nineteen years before New Hope. So he's a nineteen-year-old. Maybe when they say twenty-six, they're counting to the end of Jedi. Possibly, he did. Yeah. Maybe that 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 he looked. I would buy that. But even so, still, tw- 19, 20 years worth of I always thought space. he crunched this timeline way too much. Yeah. Nonetheless. Well, I mean, you really, you saw the hardcore end of democracy at yeah. the end of episode three. Yep. And so once you have a dictatorship in place, you can say anything you want about dictatorships and uh, imperial... Uh, Senates. Senates. They can get stuff done. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess because they don't true. care who they kill who they or, kill or, hurt, or hurt to get it done. So I have no problem with you know in a twenty-year span, the universe being remade into this tyrannical empire that we see at the beginning of A New Hope. Right, right. And so I just watched A New Hope again last night, and it, there's some really silly scenes in that movie. Like, disassemble the Senate. Who's going to rule the uh, di- the individual districts? And then, like, Moff Dark is just like giving this stupid, like, throwaway speech about like they will be ruled individually by the regional governors, regional governments. And we're like, this is just as boring as all of that political crap in Episode One. Yes, but there, but, but there was only like, but there was only slide. one scene of it yeah. in A New Hope, <laughs> instead of Lots. multiple scenes and major plot lines. And ugh, don't make me think of that. Um, <laughs> So the short of it is there's plenty of time in there for good storytellers to get in there and show Han and Chewbacca meeting and you know becoming lifelong friends and Vader off being super evil Vader even if they if they decide to make the stuff from the games canon he can have his secret apprentices during that period of time there's a whole wealth of stories they could even have if they wanted to have really good fun they could do um, have his secret apprentice during that time actually be his Padawan from Clone Wars, who's willing to follow him to the dark side, hmm. um, which would be an interesting twist. Or continue being his apprentice and try to turn him back to mm-hmm. the light side. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of interesting storylines there. Gosh. I was your Padawan, and, and you weren't always this evil bastard. And you, you're that guy? Oh, crap. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because even, even in the cartoons, they never sort of resolved that storyline yeah, at the went end off of the into fifth season as to what where. happened to the kid. Yep. Seriously, just, I mean, I don't want to see another try to redemption that crap. Like, they need to make, like, the Breaking Bad Star Wars, yeah. where, like, Darth Vader <laughs> is, is Darth just Vader. bad. He's just an and he's evil not, There's jerk. no redeeming. This is the period of yeah. time when he's supposed and to the be. the goodbyes have, they try to run away, and a lot of them die because right. they messed with Darth Vader. That's we the show I want to Hunt down and exterminate the Jedi, <laughs> as, as Obi-Wan And Han shot first. That's Han right. shot first, Dang for God's it. sake. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we are at our time, so it is time to wrap it up. Gentlemen, thank you for calling in. We greatly appreciate your contributions. It makes life fun, and we will catch you on the flip side. Thank you, guys. Happy trails. Happy trails to you. Until we meet. 
Again? Again? What? I still have to recover that track. You saw uh, it again? Oh, hush. So oh, a little, sad. It's been a hell of a week, okay? Okay. Dogs and cats living together, servers bursting into flames, biblical proportion. <laughs> I didn't know that was in the Bible, servers bursting into flames, but okay. I looked as you opened the seventh seal. seal. And servers bursting. And burst. server 2003 <laughs> crashed and ate the file system. <laughs> and lo, it came to pass. I see, that okay. MTFS doth sucketh. <laughs> And MFT is no way to organize your shit. But anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a crank crusty bitter. <laughs> a little too on the nose. No? Okay. All right. You have been listening to Casually Hardcore. Two hours of your life. You just ain't getting back. And we appreciate that. Join us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel for more. Hopefully more refined with 200% more video. We need to go shopping this week. If my servers could just stop melting down, that would be dandy. Right. I have been no more. I have been Dexa. And, and, he, and Grail is and not, paying not paying attention. I'm not paying attention at all. Yes, and I've been Grail. <laughs> <laughs> See how my lips didn't move? <laughs> Hardly at all. And we are out of here. Bye-bye, radio people.